it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Go ahead. Pick it up. I deserve it. What good would it be to kill you? If we're both already dead. Welcome, everyone, into another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcastica Network, I am Kristen Howell. Today, we are covering Season 2, Episode 8, Collision. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, this is where... (laughs) uh, Rightful to the name, too. I mean, we always try and figure out how the name kind of plays into the episode and there's no question about it this time this is a collision of two forces coming together uh by the end with some serious dynamics that we're going to dive into uh as we as we break the episode down a little bit but uh just so you know the format this is a spoiler full podcast as we will be talking about spoilers from past episodes as well as future episodes as we break down the episode and the episode one more time episode <laughs> this is going to be a good episode breaking down the episode of this episode of this episode <laughs> perfect makes uh, sense um yeah so this is i think the point in the season where things are i mean things have already been good so far but i think now we're going full-fledged into once we, this is pretty much the prequel to before meeting the others. And once we meet the others, it's nonstop till the end of the season. Yeah, I would say so. I, you know, I love this episode. I love Anna Lucia's entire introduction from the moment that we see her in the first episode of season one until, until the end of her character. She's, she's always been kind of, a favorite character of mine just because she's so complicated and she's so misunderstood and she's so fierce. Um, so it's, it's nice to revisit her character and see her again and just, you know, get, get to talk about her and analyze her more than I have, you know, in, in the past. So it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's jump into our top five points for the episode and, uh, I'll kick it off to you as I usually do and let you, let you get us started. So my number five is, or my first point is one word and that's cudlets. 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 Abraham. I was so excited to see cudlets, especially because I am a huge Southland fan. I don't know if you ever watched that show, but he played, um, an LA cop, 
on that show as well. And it was really nice to see him in a cop uniform on patrol and, you know, doing playing that character that I really loved um, so much in Southland. So it was just it was a nice reminder of the fact that Cudlitz is everywhere if you look for him. Like, <laughs> you know, Walking Dead always or um, Michael Cudlitz said on The Talking Dead after his very first episode as Abraham, he said that he almost didn't get the part because they thought that his face was too recognizable to be on the show. And I was like, no, that's that's silly. That's crazy. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, he's really kind of been in everything. He's been in <laughs> Friends. He's been in Lost. He was amazing in Band of Brothers. He was wonderful in Southland. I guess he's in a comedy now. Um, so it was just nice to see him. And he was and he gave um, uh, Steve Brown gave us a message. Did you read that message? Um, about cutlets. He, I, I know he sent the message, and I, I know I read it, but I can't remember what it said. Well, he, he mentioned, and I thought that that was great because I caught it, but I didn't catch it in the fact that it linked, uh, him with Abraham. Is that he called Anna Lucia A L, so he didn't call him, uh, call her by her regular name. He had a nickname for her, well, like he always <clears throat> has nicknames. I think that I don't know if that's necessarily a connection to Walker. No, it's Dad, not a but... connection, but it was just a cute little happenstance. Oh, thing. okay. All right. No, yeah, I, it's, I didn't even really pick up on that, to, to be honest with you. But I know this isn't the last time we see him either. We see him again, I think, in, I want to say, season four. I could be off, but we do get him in a flashback again a little bit later. That's wonderful because I just love, I love Michael Cudlitz and I just thought he was worth mentioning as one of my points because no. I love him so much. And I think that's a good, I think that is a great mention because he, you're right. He always does seem to play either like the, the law enforcement or military kind of roles. Yeah. Uh, well, he has like that square face. Yeah. Like he looks like a cube. And he's got that persona like he he's definitely somebody like uh, I we've been lucky enough to be in situ areas where we've seen him live in person and mm -hmm. he kind of does. He even is as a regular person. He kind of comes across that way, except he wears cute little like beanies now. And so he looks almost hippie like when I see him <laughs> and I'm like, no, mm -mm. you need to be wearing a beater. You need like a big, like a big haircut, and I don't know. So, well, anyways, I think good to see Cutlet. I think he's clean shaven now too. Oh, I think you're right. In the in, in the con weird. in the in the show, the kids are all right. Is the show that he's in now? Uh, yeah, I'm actually looking at an image. He's clean shaven now. That's crazy. So yeah, because we're so used to seeing him with at the very least a mustache. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's clean shaven now. But yeah, it was I agree with you. It was great seeing Cutlets pop up. And it's always great seeing him pop up in anything that we that we watch. Yeah, I love him. So yay, Cutlets. How uh, about you? My number five is I'm going right into some heavy stuff with with my number five. OK. And <clears throat> no, you know what? I'm not. I'm going to I'm going to lead off with this one because I know you and I talked a little bit about this one before we started. uh before we started recording, and uh, I want to get jump into this one just for fun. Uh, <clears throat> there's a particular moment in this episode where I had a thought. Well, I, I had many thoughts throughout the course of this episode, but uh, one thought in particular was Jack, you condescending bastard. And to go, 
<laughs> I love this. To go right Keep along going. to go right along with your Jack is the worst uh, theme that we go with every week. There's that one moment when him and Kate are playing golf and they're getting ready to compete with each other. And he says to Kate, you know, the ladies tees at the club that I play at are usually 10 feet ahead. And it was at that moment I thought, Jack, you condescending bastard. Like she already said at the very start of this, no handicaps, nothing. She wants to take you on and you still kind of want to diminish the way she plays. The way that Kate plays. Well, you know, and I, I just love it too because he's like, "Oh, you hooked it," you know. You, you and he's trying to give her like golfing tips, and he and she goes, "Oh, are you really good at this?" And he goes, "I'm a doctor." <laughs> like I know what that means. It means that doctors play golf, and that's a cliche. But I mean, just the way he said it, I'm like, "Ugh, nobody could be better than me. I'm the best." And then he gets all like bent out of shape a little bit later when she's talking to Sawyer and gets him to take the pill. Like, "Oh, we didn't learn that in, in uh, med school." And I'm like, "You mean bedside manner? You didn't learn bedside manner because yours sucks." Well, hasn't he already been told that his bedside manner sucks? Yes. Like more than once. Yeah. I mean, like it, there's that one. I think it's Hurley's. Like, what's that thing that people that what's that thing called when you're nice to people? A bedside manner. Yeah. Your sucks, dude. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he's already been told that his bedside manner sucks. But yeah, like the whole interaction between, um, <clears throat> you know, him and Kate, like he's very condescending. He's he's very chauvinistic uh, mm -hmm. or misogynistic. And it's yeah, I just. It just made me think, I'm like, oh, Kristen's going to love this. I know. I had that moment. And I, I was telling you earlier before we started recording, I said, I, I wanted, I have it in my notes, but I didn't want to put it as one of my points because I feel like I say it so much. I was trying to like kind of back off about it and give Jack a break for a couple of weeks, but <laughs> he keeps stepping in it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, so I brought it up for you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm glad it's becoming a thing. Yeah, <laughs> you're get, you're dragging me into it now. <laughs> that's, that's you're making me start to 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 notice all these Jack is the worst moments. Because he is. Um, moving on back to you. What's your your number four? So, um, keeping up with kind of our light moments, um, I wanted to actually talk about the light moments. I thought that this show it that this episode it it had kind of lighter moments in all the right areas and you know the golf game was really helpful um rose giving jack some mango oh, talking about moment. talking about it helps your constitution <laughs> just because you're excited doesn't mean you have to talk with your mouth full i know it was so <laughs> cute so it was really nice just to have like a little break from the grief and the murder and and you know everything that was happening sawyer almost dying and um so it it was nice to smile and chuckle a couple of times in the episode. I particularly liked it when uh, Hurley was betting on his with his money again, and Charlie <laughs> said, "Oh yeah, you dollars," and Hurley's like one hundred fifty six million dollars. Like, get it right, buddy. Did, wait, did he say that? Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't hear that at all. This episode. I heard him say like Charlie says. From what I remember, Charlie says. And I could be wrong, but just from what I remember, Charlie says, oh, you didn't hear? He's worth $150 million. He'll even buy you your own golf course if you like. And Kate says, what's he talking about? And he's like, ignore him. He's an idiot. Oh, you know what? You're right. 
you're right. But he has said a hundred. He has corrected him before. Yes. That was yeah. I probably got my episodes mixed up. Sorry. No, no, but, it's it's fine. I just I was trying to I, from what I remembered, uh, he didn't say that this episode. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's all. Yeah. But. <laughs> But it was nice. It was it was just really nice to have the lighter moments with that. And then um, I think, unfortunately, I think those are the only two. And it happened on the beach. Well, yeah. But. I mean, I think the golf the golf game itself is a lighter moment at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of leads into my number four. Oh, cool. <clears throat> and what I was going to say with, um, uh, you know, going into the heavier stuff of the episode. This episode, man... It, that particular moment when uh, Jack kind of hits it into the woods, they uh, him and Kate go into the woods to for Jack to find the ball, and Echo comes out of the woods with Sawyer on his shoulders, a dying Sawyer mm-hmm. on his shoulders. There is nothing more than that moment right there to show the dynamic of these two different groups of survivors. You have one man who is literally from one group carrying somebody who is dying, fighting to survive on his back and on the other side you have the other group of survivors who are playing golf like yeah this is there there's no more bigger scene in this episode to show the dynamic of the way these two groups have survived than this particular scene right here yeah you know what i was struck by that as well um and and we'll talk about this as i'm sure this is probably our number ones later um but when uh, Jin and Bernard and Libby were coming out of, of the woods and onto the beach or out of the jungle and onto the beach. And they looked, you know, just haggard and ripped up and dirty and just, just down. And then like this flood of like 40 people go to join them. That had to have been very jarring for Bernard and Libby who have had to survive and have watched their entire group disappear over the course of 40, 48 days, 50 days at this point. Well, I mean, if, yeah, you're right. That is my number one, um, is that the, but I'm just talking about the dynamic between the two groups right now. Okay. Yeah. We can, we can revisit that as we, as we get closer to the end. No, but you're right that there, there's definitely a lot of dynamics. And I think the dynamic that, that is explored the most in that particular scene is the survivor dynamic. And, you know, seeing the way these these two different groups have survived and where they are at, by this 40th, 48th day mm-hmm. is just so interesting when you see that put together side by side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what about you? Or wait, who? I forget. I lost track already. <laughs> was that your number? That was that. No, that was your number. That four. was my number four. OK, so uh-huh. you're number three. Uh, my number three is Anna Lucia's backstory. I love that we got to learn about Anna Lucia this episode. Uh, we got we got her flashback. We got exactly what we have been wondering about with her, um, with why she is the way that she is. And I just thought that it was really beautifully knitted into the episode. Um you know, it, it 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 struck me as as I'm watching the episode, it, it was really strange to see, you know, she was just so helpless. You know, she was she was helpless in this like desperate attempt to 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 retain control of her group after killing Shannon by accident. 
she was sure nobody was going to believe her. It was an accident. She was absolutely positive that this was the end of the line for her and that she was going to die. And she goes into kind of her cop mentality by she restrains Saeed. She negotiates with um, Michael saying, you know, this is what I want. You know, she she did her. I want my helicopter speech. And and then she is just sitting there pacing with the gun. And it, and it reminded me of when somebody's in over their heads during like a heist in a movie. Right. And you have the person that's like up against the wall and they're just freaking out because they know that they're up against the wall. And so they're making crazy demands. They're asking people to do crazy things. They're waving a gun around. They're acting crazy. And then at the end, when it's just her and Saeed and they're talking to each other and she explains kind of, she was a cop and, um, she tells her story about how when she got shot and it kind of occurred to me that because she exacted her own revenge on the person that assaulted her or that shot her, that she was sure that she was going to get the same retaliation from, from the same offense. Yeah. So she was going into self-preservation mode and I think that it jarred her to hear Saeed talk about the fact that, you know, he used to what what he used to do before the island and how he already he al- feels like he is too already dead because um, she said, I don't feel anything. I feel already dead. And when he asks, when he says, well, what happened to the man who shot you? Instead of hearing about it from Anna Lucia, we got to flash back and actually see what happens. And then it's the big reveal that she was pregnant, which then that ties into why she keeps asking people because she's done this more than once do you have kids like it's a real I, I i still can't figure out why she keeps asking people do you have kids like saeed hits the nail on the head he goes why does that matter why are you asking me if i have kids um especially in this situation in a situation like this where nobody has any of their family members with them well except for you know a the few spouses that we have on the island. But um, yeah, I just loved learning about Ana Lucia. I loved seeing kind of why she is the way that she is learning that she's an LA cop, learning that she was shot. Her mom was a captain. She still has something to prove to other people. I I don't know. What do you think about Ana Lucia's backstory? No, I, I agree with you. It's, it's very intriguing to see everything play out. And one of the notes that I made when it came to Ana Lucia's backstory, and this isn't one of my top five points, uh, just a note that I made is that we talked a little bit last week about the dynamic of leadership, you know, when it comes to Jack versus Ana Lucia and mm-hmm. if the roles were reversed and such. But one thing I think I, I, I really did notice this time around is just like Jack, there's a huge similarity with Ana Lucia Lucia in that these are two people who have been either thrust or taken upon themselves the the leadership role who are definitely dealing with family issues at home um we have the big dynamic of jack and his father and you know trying to get approval of his father and and such but we also have a big dynamic this time around with anna lucia and her mother so it's almost like a mirror of jack a little bit Wow, that's really interesting. I didn't put that together, but that's totally true. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, there's a big dynamic there of that, um, you know, they, they have that, that dynamic of 
issues with a parental unit, Jack and his father, Anna Lucia and her mother. And it's almost, and not only that, but another big comparison to that too, that I'm just realizing now is that this isn't just a issue with a parental unit. This is an issue with a parental unit who works in the same field and is technically above them. Jack Shepard's father, Christian Shepard is a more veteran doctor than Jack and Anna Lucia's mother is a more veteran law enforcement officer than Anna Lucia. They are mirrors of each other. They are, but in Jack's defense, I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> in All Jack's right. defense, he was better than his father. Oh yeah, I I, I agree with that. I'm just saying in the in the family dynamic, they mirror mm-hmm. each other. Right, and I would be interested to know, and I'm so glad that I forget the outcome of this, of the after effect of after she shot um, Jason, I think is his name. Yes, Jason. Yeah. So I, I'll be interested to revisit that because I didn't, I didn't look ahead. I didn't watch ahead. I didn't read ahead. Nothing like that. So um, I want to keep, I guess, keep that part a surprise since I forgot it apparently. <laughs> um, but that's crazy that you brought that up because it's totally true. And it, and it, and it's another point to their mirror as leaders um, and kind of their characters and what they've been put up against and what they've survived. And they, they really are, the writers really seem to be trying to put these two characters together. Yeah. And and I wonder if she would have stayed on the show, if that, that was going to end up being the direction um, I, I want to think that she would um, if things didn't happen in her personal life that caused her to be written off the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am kind of I, I'm kind of a little interested now in the fact that when I looked at Cutlitz's uh, listings of how many times he's been on the show, he shows up once in 2003, which is the current season uh, or 2005. And then he shows up again in 2008, which, again, is a couple seasons later. It's interesting to know. I'm wondering in what aspect he does show up because at that point, Anna Lucia is no longer on the show. Unless she comes back. Well, we do see her again, but it's not until the final season. So I'm wondering in what I, I'm, it's a complete mystery to me now in what aspect uh, Michael Cutlitz's character does show back up on the show, possibly in another person's flashback. Probably. Yeah, that's what I would I think. wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it was Sydney to L.A. flight. So I don't know. That'll be interesting to see because I forget, too. Yeah. But I like that. I like forgetting. I like it that I still get to experience some surprises. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. And it's it seems funny that we've watched through the show a number of times and we still pick up new things almost every episode. Mm hmm. So. I mean, after doing this podcast, I probably will know it backwards and forwards. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, we're technically going through two watches of the show uh, by the time we're done with this podcast. Or by the time we're done with Lost on this podcast, we'll have watched every episode two more times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll have technically gone through two more watches of every episode by the time this we wrap with Lost. It's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So my number three, and this is something else that I thought of, too, uh, as I was watching this episode. And I, I want to explore a little bit and talk about the Jack 
Kate and Sawyer dynamic um, and the triangle of three, three characters. Because <clears throat> at this point in time, and we already know the result, <clears throat> as a first-time viewer, I don't remember if this was my... I don't think I was analyzing it as much as I was the first time, so I didn't, I didn't have this thought now. But if, if I was a first-time viewer now, I would think that by this point, you would kind of have to realize that they play these three characters off of one another. Like, is Kate going to end up with Jack? Is Sawyer going to end up with Kate? You know... I don't think anybody's questioning whether Jack's going to end up with Sawyer, but, uh, you know, to make it a full triangle, but they, they kind of play Kate in the middle between these two characters. And it seems like every time they're inching on setting something up with one of them, a, a you know, a la Kate and Jack, this episode, one of the other ones comes back. So just as these two characters are starting to get comfortable, they're getting flirty, they're playing golf, you know, they're getting lighthearted about everything, in comes Sawyer near death. You you kind of, and this plays out throughout the rest of this series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you kind of have to realize that, and this is a spoiler going to the end, none of these characters end up together in the end. Mm-hmm. Jack doesn't end up with Kate, Sawyer doesn't end up with Kate, and... You kind of have to – We've we're already starting to see the early comings of that these three characters are doomed to never be together. Now, there are time periods when they do, but they're short. So it's – you know, it, it's very interesting. Uh, I, I just think it's it's interesting to see how this is already starting to play out. So are you Team Sawyer or are you Team Jack? Oh God, that's a tough. When it question. comes to Kate, not as a character, but just when it comes to Kate. Um, I think upon my first time watching, I was Team Jack, but I think in retrospect and and watching everything and seeing character dynamics play out, I'd want to say Team Sawyer, but at the same time, the the Sawyer and Juliet dynamic was so mm-hmm. much stronger. So good. It was so good. Like you found in these two characters that you would have never thought would have ever been together when they end up together plays off so well. Mm -hmm. So as much as of what I of what I know of the characters now, I kind of feel like I want to say Sawyer. But knowing what I know of the future of Sawyer and Juliet when we get introduced to her, I I don't want to say Sawyer because I like that dynamic so much better than him and Kate. What about you? Are you Team Sawyer or Team Jack when it comes to Kate? Yeah, you know, I, I, I would have to say that I was very much for Kate and Sawyer, um, but that was just because, you know, I've always liked the ones that are harder to reach, the ones that you know are kind of like the, the bad boy, but not really, yeah. you know. The, ba- the the pretend bad boy who I think that that's always been Sawyer like Sawyer puts on a really tough act but he's very much not that guy and I think that that was always a better match for Kate and her character you know Jack was Jack wasn't nice to Kate I mean there was he he just wasn't and when he was he still wasn't I mean that's proved just in their flirting you know, I mean, they're playing golf and it's more of like a peeing contest than it is 
just fun and flirty and light. Yeah. If you really look at the scene, I mean, you know, and, and Kate, she has a lot of anger and hatred towards towards Sawyer in the beginning of it. But I think it's just because he's such a dick in the beginning. But once you really see who Sawyer is and once he really starts to soften and, and, and relax into his role on the island, you see that he's just a much better person than Jack. And I'll probably catch a lot of flack for that. But whatever. I, I there, There's something about Sawyer that's just infinitely better than Jack. Well, I mean, and I... If you catch flack for that, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm putting my opinion in the same way. I think when you compare these two characters, I mean, Jack definitely has a lot of great characteristics. And I I know he definitely has a lot of negative characteristics, too. I mean, he's very intelligent. He's a successful doctor. He's a misogynist. He's a jerk. He's condescending. He's a misogynist. Exactly. But Sawyer, you know... I, he's not a misogynist. I mean, a mis- he, let, let, let's just be clear here. He's definitely not a misogynist. He does have a lower opinion of women, but I wouldn't call him a flat-out misogynist. I, I think when it comes to when you're comparing what you see and what you don't when it comes to these two characters, there are a lot more positive traits that you don't see in Sawyer than traits that you don't see in Jack. What you see, Jack is very positive on the outside, but in the inside, he's condescending, he's misogynistic. Um, you know, he, he's kind of controlling at a lot of times and, and such. But, you know, when it comes to Sawyer and his kit, hidden characteristics, yes, he's rough around the edges on the outside, but inside, he has mass respect for people that he's with. He doesn't want to see anything harmful happen to anybody that he now trusts and he considers part of his family. Like, he wouldn't let anything happen to, to Michael. Uh, you know, they looked out for each other when it comes. I think if you compare the hidden characteristics of both of these characters, Sawyer's hidden characteristics are much more positive than Jack's. Oh, and you could completely you can completely break that down. There's proof for that. I mean, just in, in trying to get the pill into Sawyer, Jack would have just given up and walked away and been like, fine, you know what? You don't want to live. I'm not going to force you. Meanwhile, you know, because he doesn't like Sawyer very much. But when at the beginning of this of this series, you see him waste almost all of their medical supplies trying to save uh, the DA, the DEA agent who was um, or uh, the U.S. Marshal, the the U.S. Marshal that, you know, was was going to die anyways because, you know, he needed to save him. But, you know, Sawyer has a headache and, you know, earlier in I think it was last season Sawyer has a headache and Jack's just like whatever if you if if it's a problem he'll come to me I don't care but you know he he goes to great lengths for people that he likes you know Sawyer Sawyer would probably drag Jack through the jungle half dead just to make sure that he lived because that would be he would consider Jack to be a part of his people if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I think that Jack plays favorites and, and he's quicker to give up on people that he doesn't really want to work very hard for. Well, I mean, if you look back at that whole situation with the pill, I actually think in some ways he kind of did give up Um, because you look at Jack's past track record and you're right. Like he, if he wanted Sawyer to have that pill, he would have found a way to force it on him. But by, by allowing Kate to take a chance, and giving him the pill, 
I think in some ways there's a part of him that has just been like, you know what? I can't do this. I give up. I'm just going to let her give it a try. Mm-hmm. So I think in well, some ways he kind of did give up on trying to give Sawyer the pill. Which is interesting because that's a pill. And then you think about him saving, Bo- trying to save Boone's life. And he was going to he was going to amputate Boone's leg if it meant saving him. That's the length he was willing to go to save Boone. But he probably wasn't going to uh, attempt a second try to get a pill into Sawyer. Yeah. I think that says a lot about his character. I do too. I absolutely do. So uh, yeah, it's again, it's, it's one of those things that you just kind of have to compare. uh, And you're right. There's evidence of both, but to see, uh, you know, comparing hidden talents of or hidden characteristics of a character, I think is more telling than what you comparing what you already see on the surface. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that term that, that you just, said hidden characteristics because that's that's a big element of this show and i think that the island brings out the hidden characteristics of all of these different people and i think that that's a big part of what makes this show so interesting is exactly that is what are these people's hidden characteristics what are what what makes these people actually the people that they are not what they show you but who they are yeah yeah, and you're right. The island brings that a lot of that out. Mm-hmm. That's excellent, excellent observation. That Thank was you. wonderful. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, now I'm now I really am lost as to where we're supposed to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my uh, number two. That was your number two. So no, uh, no. I oh, your number two. Number. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's okay. Uh, my number two was just kind of the theme of grief. You know, I I see, of course. The biggest, the biggest uh, uh, element of grief in this episode was Saeed. And I think one of the most heartbreaking, gut-wrenching moments of the entire episode was when Michael told Saeed that Walt was taken by the others. And Saeed's understanding of what that meant with what Shannon was going through trying to explain to everybody that she wasn't crazy and how betrayed she felt by Saeed for not believing her. I could, that was just, just the way that he reacted to that. And when he slammed his head kind of against the tree that he was tied to, I felt for Saeed so much in that moment, the guilt that he must have felt and the shame that he must have felt. And he just, Naveen Andrews, man, he is just an incredible actor. And I thought he was excellent in this episode. And, and, you know, he was very, at times he was despondent and at times he was, and just enraged with grief. Other times he was, you could tell he was completely numb and he just went through all of these emotions and he was tied to a tree the yeah. whole time. I mean, that was incredible. And then the way that Anna Lucia played off on him and you learn that she is grieving herself. I mean, she's grieving a life that she used to have like everybody else. She's probably still grieving the fact that she lost a baby and that she killed a man and she probably escaped to Australia for some reason. I'm still unclear on that. We're we're (laughs) going to get that information later. I know it. Um, And she's probably also grieving the fact that she has been responsible for a lot of death. She probably feels responsible for a lot of death. Uh, Her whole group is basically gone. She's got five people left in her group and they've all turned on her. 
So she feels betrayed. She's going through her own grief. Saeed's going through his own grief. And watching the two of them interact with each other and and speak to each other about kind of who they were off the island and who they are now, it, it just, I thought it was really, really, really beautifully beautifully acted and, and beautifully written. And, and I, I, I loved it. No, I'm, I'm right there with you too. And that's even one of the notes that I have too, is, is following that whole, that whole play out of events throughout the course of the episode from, you know, seeing Saeed, like a switch literally flipping Saeed and him going after, you know, just pointing the gun oh, to go after the anger. That's right. You're right. That big fight. Yeah. I mean, and we see him really take echo to task. Like there's a point where he literally overtakes Echo and before Echo takes him back. So for somebody like Saeed, who, yes, he is military trained, but he loses some in size to Echo. And Echo, I mean, you're talking somebody who's military trained to somebody who has beaten people for a living in Echo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are evenly matched when it comes to skill. When it comes to size, Echo has it on him. Mm-hmm. But to see that anger in Saeed and Saeed kind of overtake him, yeah, he's pissed at this point. He was feral. Yeah. Yeah. He became feral. Oh, feral is yeah, a great I, word for that. I, I forgot about that, that opening, that opening fight. What a fight that was, too. I mean, talk about it's it just pure adrenaline, probably, and anger. Yeah. All 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 channeling as, as grief. Uh, grief, man, it makes you do some wild things. I'm not going to lie. It makes it, it just there are points where you can be unrecognizable even to yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I, I agree with that completely. And, uh, and you're right. And it's he's you kind of see him go through maybe not all of but many of the stages of grief in a matter of hours. Throughout the mm-hmm. court, what happens? You see him go from anger, um, o- almost to acceptance by the end of this. And this is kind of one of my notes before we get to our number one, which I'm I sure we share our number one. So, um, which is the reunions at the end. I still have my number two to get to, but um, to me, the ending was very powerful in the reunions of it. And they were very happy moments. But in my opinion, watching this episode, there's actually one moment. That happens after the reunions. And to me, I know what you're going to say. Oh my God. To me, it is probably one of the most powerful visuals of this episode. And it is when Jack Echo takes Jack back to where Anna Lucia and Saeed are. And mm-hmm. you see Saeed walking towards Jack with Shannon in his arms. Mm-hmm. And it's not the fact that he's holding Shannon in his arms. It's that look that he gives to Jack. And then as he's walking past, he leans his head up against Shannon's. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it is a final embrace of Shannon and kind of him in many ways, he is holding grasp onto the one thing he had left that kept him human. And he's not ready to give that up yet which is why he embraces her one final time while he's holding her. Mm. To me, that that five seconds when he puts his head against Shannon's as he's walking past Jack, to me, that was the most powerful scene in this entire episode. Yeah, I could agree with that. You know, uh, Saeed just... Mm. <laughs> Naveen Andrews, man... 
I I would I would watch him, you know, act out the back of a cereal box. I was just going to say act out like readings of a phone book, but yeah, yeah, same thing. I mean, just he is incredible. He is incredible, and and his um, it's almost like he went through the entire spectrum of grief. He went from anger, he did you know to denial and bargaining and um you know in in the end as he's walking with shannon it's almost like he is he's starting he's accepting it you know it's it's that acceptance stage that final stage of of bereavement and grief um you know accepting the fact that she's dead not accepting that she is dead like uh, not accepting her death but he's accepting that she is dead yeah and i think that there's a difference between those two yeah, he's he's accepting the fact that she's gone. That she has died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and he has mentioned to her numerous times that he is who he is now because of her. And mm-hmm. now that one thing is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Locke's face also, when he found out that Shannon was dead, was um, silent, very nuanced, but very powerful. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads me into my number two. Okay. Um, Because my number two is about Locke, but my number two is actually uh, the meeting of Echo and Locke. Excellent scene. Because it's just, I love the fact that here comes this this mystery hulking man into the hatch who is walking around with this ultimate curiosity, like, where the hell am I? Uh, Knowing it has something to do with where they've already been, because you see him looking at the Dharma logo. And then we just get this moment with Locke stepping into the scene, and it's very simply, hello. And that's all it is. I love how accepting he is. He's just like, okay, this is happening now. That's great. Yeah. I mean, and and I love what we get because there is a great dynamic between the two of them that comes later. I don't know if it's next episode or two episodes from now, where it, and it shows you yet again the comparisons of these two characters and how similar they are in being driven by faith mm-hmm. in that Locke ends up showing, if I remember correctly, it could be off on this a little bit, but Locke ends up showing echo the film. And I yes, think, and yes, I yes, think yes, that's a great moment, by the way. And I think if I'm correct, echo says the same thing. I need to watch that again. No, but he says, please. Yes, I, I that's remember. Right. He's very polite about it. That's <laughs> yes. one of my favorite Echo moments is because he goes, oh, I would like to watch that again. Please. Yes, but it just. <laughs> Yay, I forgot about that. I'm so excited. <laughs> it, it shows you how similar these two characters are in that they are driven by faith and they feel that whatever is meant to be is going to play out. So they never question what's happening. They are just literally going with the flow of what it is. Mm-hmm. Which is yes. why Echo is not surprised by Locke. Locke is not surprised by Echo. They both have those similar mentalities that they were meant to meet. So we're just going along with it. Yes, I I think that their very first scene too together was wonderful. And the fact that their pauses weren't awkward. They were very almost comfortable. Um, you know, the, Locke says hello to him, not in in an uncomfortable manner. It was in an accepting manner. Yeah. Um, you know, and echo had refused to speak and Locke understood it. I mean, I just, I loved, (laughs) which, you know, is great. Um, but yeah, these two characters, they make my heart 
warm and fuzzy when they're together. And not only that, but what makes it even more interesting is that you already had a mist, a, a huge mystery in Locke. Like you don't yet know where he came from. You don't know why he was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain elements about why he knows certain things that you don't know yet. Um, so he was already a big mystery. And then you're introduced to Echo who he himself is a huge mystery. You don't know where he came from. It's a bigger mystery. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't know where he came from, why he is the way he is. So you have two of the most mysterious characters in when it comes to this series in, se- in separate. And then you bring them together in one episode. And as viewers, we're wondering even more, like, holy crap, like, we need to know more about these characters, but yet these characters themselves don't need to know anything about each other. Mm-hmm. They're already accepting of each other in a matter of a moment. Mm-hmm. I, I find that dynamic uh, between we we've talked dynamics of different characters, but I find dynamic of character to viewer so perplexing in with those two characters. I totally agree. <laughs> I, I just have a big old smile on my like, face right we, now because I get really excited thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, like like us as viewers need to know more about these characters than these characters need to know about each other. And I just mm-hmm. find that so interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's such a great that's such a great observation because it's true. It's like, oh, I need to know more. And the other and and then and then Echo and Locke are like, all right, hey. All right. Yeah. When I, you, want play, you want to play some PlayStation? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> want to want to pop on a record and just listen to some music? All right. Like that's pretty much. How do much you feel about is. the song "Make Your Own Kind of Music"? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, and we get there. You know, like such a I, like the episode where they are watching the video together is also. I think it's lockdown. Is the episode. Um, because that's what actually happens in in the episode. The the hatch goes into lockdown. So if, if that's if, not scary, no, not at all. <laughs> um, and these two characters are the only ones in. Okay, it's not called lockdown. Oh yes, it is. It's called lockdown. Uh, that's episode seventeen. Um, so we're a little ways off from that one. I feel like they watched the video before that. Maybe they do. I don't remember. But yeah, episode 17 is a, is a favorite of mine because of the fact that they are it's him uh, and Echo locked uh, in the in the hatch together in the bunker. So and we're going to unlock lock. So 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 to say. Well, it's, yeah. And his his legs get locked down, too. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. Oh God! I'm just looking ahead to a lot of these episodes. Well, don't stop looking. I know. Ahead. I know. Stay I gotta in the stop. Present. <laughs> I gotta stop. Stay in the um, now. One, you know, one of the other notes I wanted to make too, before kind of going back to something that you had said previously, and something that we had mentioned at the top of the show, and this isn't my number one, but it, we talked about how the the writers play with the title of, um, the title of the episode in comparison to what happens in the episode and collision uh yes does say a lot about the episode because we're seeing a collision of two groups of survivors come together but there was actually a point where i had actually forgotten this was called collision and a part of me in the back of my mind kept thinking this was abandoned which was two episodes ago Mm -hmm. and it would have played into this episode the same because that's exactly how anna lucia is feeling by the end of this 
Mm-hmm. Everybody else has walked away. Bernard and Michael have, you know, and Libby have left to go to the camp, and she's kind of abandoned in herself. I mean, and she even tells Libby before they leave, "I'm already alone." So, uh, abandon is another one that would have played perfectly well into this episode. Hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I think that they, but they had already started to abandon her in the, in the episode abandon. So I I think that that's good that it was there. Um, I think that the introduction to Anna Lucia was so finely crafted. It's just a work of beauty the way that they did it. You know, with the other forty eight days in between the shooting of Shannon, the before, the after. You know, her being even. I mean, right down to her the first time we see her since the plane is when they throw her into the tiger pit, you know, I mean, just all of it for just the first, what is it now? Eight episodes. We have gotten some wonderful, wonderful introduction to Anna Lucia. They really, really took their time with it and they wrote it out beautifully. It was beautifully uh, flushed out. It is such a shame that her character did not get to come to fruition the way that it probably was intended because that is a huge introduction to a character that's a lot of time that they spent introducing this character as carefully as they did yeah i mean we still get a number of episodes with anna lucia i think there's still not enough uh, no i agree with you but i think there's still about like eight more episodes with with anna lucia before her fate is sealed um and funny enough the title of the episode is what they died for um but yeah, it's. I agree with you. I think it, had her character been flushed out even more and she stuck around, she would have been such a dynamic addition to this cast mm-hmm. that she probably, in all honesty, I think if done right, they could have made her, they could have put her in the position that Jack ends up in the, at the end. Yeah. I would agree with that. I really, really enjoyed her character, and and um, I'm just glad that we're in the Anna Lucia days right now. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of tough for me though, um, because I still picture her character from the Fast and the Furious movies. I know I as, love her in that too. as Letty. Uh, so even at one point, like when she grabs the gun after the whole scuffle uh, with Saeed and Echo, and she starts screaming at them, I'm like, oh god, that's Letty. Like that's not Anna Lucia, that's Letty. <laughs> but I, but you know, I, I'm glad she came back into that series too, and I think she's a fantastic actress. I think she's really well, she's really good. Mm-hmm. I so, agree. Um, but that leads us to I, I'm going to say our shared number one reunions. Yes, um, yes. the reunions at the end of this episode are, um, oh my god, like I got choked up. I watched these episodes back to back. I watched this episode and then I rewatched it again. Uh, back to back and both times these reunions get to me mm-hmm. um, there were five of them there were five of them well uh, michael michael and vincent yep rose and bernard jen yep. and son yep who were the other two sawyer and kate sawyer and kate in the bed you're right with so- and jack and anna lucia oh that's right because they they were they did meet before before they even got on the plane mm-hmm so, which the closing image of that episode with Jack on one Wonderful. side of the screen and Anna Lucia on the other, it's the cover photo of this week's episode for sure. Um, which if you're listening, you already know that. Uh, but, and I've already taken the screen cap of it, so I already know I'm using it. But, 
yeah, that is again, that's such a dynamic episode because there's they're two characters that have reunited, but they're still so far apart. And that speaks volumes. But are they, you know, it's just, it's so funny to see them actually come face to face too, because I just, I can't help, but I couldn't help watching this week. Think about our conversation from last week about what would have happened if the roles had been reversed, if Jack had been in the back and Anna and Lucio would have been in the front and how that would have worked out. Yeah. And I actually, I went back and I re-listened to that and we both made a lot of good points about how that played out. And it made mm-hmm. me keep thinking about it, like how things would have been different had the roles been reversed. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think Ana Lucia just, it's its a shame that she gets such a bad rap and she's villainized uh, almost immediately in the show. And I think they had the intention of doing that with uh, with her character having a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. You know, much like we see out of a, we see out of a number of characters with this, but just unfortunately because of real life situation and her having to be written off the series, they just never got the chance to get her out of that villainous aspect, um, or that villainized aspect. So that's how we for kind of forever remember her, which is a shame. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the, yeah. That's my only point is that it's just such a shame. Now I want to ask, um, in your opinion, of these reunions. And it's five now because uh, you reminded me about Kate and Sawyer and, um, you know, Anna Lucia and Jack. Which one do you feel is the most powerful? And you can say Michael and Vincent. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a close second. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Jin and Fun. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. Um, Rose and Bernard is a second for me. Um, you, you kind of mentioned how when they come out of the wood, they come out of the jungle all grizzled and, you know, and dirty and such, they, it's kind of overwhelming for the, for the tail end survivor, you know, for Libby and Bernard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of disagree with you though on Bernard because Bernard kind of has that look like he doesn't care about anybody else in that moment. Doesn't, oh, you're probably right. He doesn't care about who anybody else is. He doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He doesn't want to learn anybody else's name, be introduced to anybody else. He is, his radar is on. He is looking for Rose. And that moment when they lock eyes, the look on Rose's face, the actress who plays Rose, I can't remember her name, but like it's almost like that was a real reunion. It, it was wonderful uh do you ever watch the show gray's anatomy no she was in one episode of gray's anatomy and she played uh the wife of a man who had alzheimer's and her performance in that episode was very very good and it i remember when i when that episode aired and i go it's rose from lost (laughs) and she was still excellent you know she uh, very emphatic and and uh, you know, she played like this desperate woman just trying to hang on to the parts of her husband that was still lucid um, when he was lucid. And um, she's just incredible. And I, I, my hat's off to her. But that reunion, uh, Bernard and Rose, I mean, that's one that we've all been waiting for since Bernard said, my name's Bernard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, L. Scott, um, L. Scott Caldwell is the actress's name. And it's interesting because 
one thing that we forget that she, we've one place we've seen her before uh, that I know you and I have both seen her. Uh, she's been in an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, she plays Captain Holt's mom. Yes, she does. That's right. And she's excellent. <laughs> yes. As Captain Holt's mom. I forgot about that. <laughs> totally forgot. Yeah, she's awesome. Yes. So, yeah, she's um, yeah, she's a phenomenal actress. And it looks like, you know, just by looking at her her resume, um, for the most part, she does a lot of one off episodes with the exception of Lost and a TV series called Mercy Street. But um uh, and a couple of, uh, she was in Southland as well, which we know we mentioned earlier with Cutlets. Um, but it's, yeah, she does a lot of one-off stuff. She's a character actress, but she's a phenomenal character actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, she's fantastic. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I just want to talk about real quick. I, I, I want to switch back over to Michael and Vincent because okay. this poor dog, man. <laughs> okay. This dog Lived in Australia for a while. Well, actually, I think that they got the dog. I think they got Vincent in when they were in Rome or Italy or something like that. Um, if if we go back to all the flashbacks with Vincent. So he's already moved countries. Now he's going to be on this plane. He gets in a plane crash, survives the plane crash. And then he has like, you know, his his uh, his boy, you know, Walt is his boy. And um. And then Walt leaves and then, you know, he gets Shannon and then Shannon leaves. <laughs> then all of a sudden Michael shows back up and we know that Michael's not hanging around for a while. So it's just it it just sucks. This poor dog is just like when he runs up to Michael, I just couldn't help but feel just elated for this poor dog. That's just doesn't have like a stability force in in his life at all (laughs) but you know it's one of the things that's very interesting though i mean and we kind of take we kind of talk about vincent in light and talk about and take vincent for granted but vincent in essence holds the same importance to jack when it comes to this series because vincent and jack are the first two characters that you see and Vincent and Jack, when this series ends in the finale, are the last, are the last two characters that you see. Mm-hmm. They're together in the beginning, and they're the, together in the end. So, you know, it's it, and you're right. There are moments where you completely forget about Vincent, and then all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I just love that because, you know, especially since, you know, Michael, Michael was never really into, you know, the dog anyways. Although you know, he did save the dog in Australia. He goes, Oh yeah. We, he said that you get to keep the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian, it was Brian, right? Yeah. Was, was the stepfather. Yes. Brian said that you get, that you get to keep the dog. <laughs> they basically stole that dog. Oh yeah, they did. They totally stole the dog. And something tells me Brian is not going to fight them on it. No, Brian didn't care. Um, so yeah, I, I loved that reunion because, you know, whenever my husband's been deployed, countless times and we've had our dog Maggie the entire time that we've been uh married and every single time he would come home it would just be and that was like you know months and months and months in this case it's only been like a week at most um but the elation that a dog feels when they see their person again after a long period of time, it's just there's nothing better. There's absolutely nothing better than a really happy dog. Yeah. So yeah. it was and, fun. And you're right. And poor, you know, poor Vincent for just like he, he gets passed around so much. 
he's the pass around pup. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> but he's he's again he's just as important of a character in this series as anybody else, and mm-hmm. it, it takes the the entire run of the series for you to realize that. So we should try and get Vincent on the podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. But yeah, the the reunions at the end were something that got me, and it's you know while Rose and Bernard are great because they're a couple that are gonna they're down they're now reunited and they're together until the end. There there's something very interesting in the dynamic of Jin and Sun reuniting, and at the same time almost heartbreaking because you know they're going to be separated again. Tragic. It, it, they are going to be separated again and mm-hmm. for even longer this I next know. time. Like it's, it, 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 oh God, it's just, it's, they're such a fantastic dynamic character couple, but they're so tragic at the same time. I know, but I love them. I know that they really are. And I'll say it again. They are probably the more I think about it. I think of any television show on, on, ter- on television, past and present, I think they are probably the most dynamic couple. They're definitely the best. So I really, really enjoy them. And I'm glad that they're reunited. Now we get to see the happy part of Jin and Sun for a while. Oh, God, I know. It's it's going to be a real good time. Yeah, it, it, yeah, for a while at least. If the tent is a rockin', don't come <laughs> and off it. That's all I got to say. That's, that's, that's going to play an important part. um all right so that knocks it out for our top five points and believe it or not all the extra notes that i had i threw into a lot of those conversations so i don't have anything left i don't know about you let me see let me see let me see nope the only note that i really had was um was that ending shot of jack and anna lucia and we touched on that so yeah i'm good cool uh, so, uh, no manifest this week. So we're not going to be doing manifest minutes for a while. We still don't even know if manifest is renewed yet or not. Um, so let's jump into some feedback. Okay. And, and as usual, we do have some voicemails that have been left to us by our buddy, Steve Brown and Des Combs. So we're going to start things off with Des and let's check out Des's voicemail. Hey guys, it's Des actually calling in for once before you guys start recording the podcast. Uh, Calling about the Season 2 episode, Collision. Pretty Anna Lucia heavy episode. Uh, Start with a couple of light things. I mean, first we get to see Michael Cutlets, which, you know, we're all going to grow to love him later on 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 Walking Dead. Very different looking Michael Cutlets from there. the golf game, I was definitely rooting for Kate to kick Jack's ass, but I'm just curious from her backstory, when would she have ever had a chance to get that good at golf? I mean, she had an abusive father, her mother was downtrodden, I don't see either of them teaching her how, and uh, she was on the run for her whole, pretty much her whole adult life, so I guess she's just naturally good. Um, we finally get to see Rose and Bernard reunite. I mean, we've been waiting that from that from the first episode. And we also get to see Sun and Jin reunite, you know. And from this point on, I think they're pretty much a tight unit. I mean, you don't see a lot of conflict between them unless I'm completely wrong. They're pretty much together until they're torn apart later. On to some of the darker points. Um, 
after the big fight between Said and Echo, everyone's pretty much just standing around staring at Anna Lucia because they all understood what happened and she's in a very self-protective mode. But she's actually pointing the gun at everyone there, including the people that she's lived with for the last 48 days. And I understand she's in a very desperate situation, but she's behaving very un police-like in this. I mean, she's actually taken a hostage in Saeed and sending Michael out for her demands. And what I thought was really odd, when the other three leave, you know, Libby, Jen, and Bernard, I would have thought that they would have taken Shana's body back to the camp uh, instead of just leaving her there in the sand because they don't know what's going to happen there with Saeed and Ana Lucia. And then we have Ana Lucia and Saeed trying to interrogate each other. We have the Iraqi torturer and the policewoman uh, just trying to pump each other for information. I, I think Saeed definitely had the upper hand, even though he was tied up and she had weapons. And I'm sure, Kristen, that you were just relishing in the look on Jack's face at the end of the episode, where basically he's standing there having not a clue on what to do next. Okay, well, I'll see you guys later. Bye. He's so nice. I love, I love Des. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny to point out too. Thanks for the the voicemail, Des. But he put in uh, when he attached the voicemail to the email, uh, his message in there is, "Do I really lisp this bad in real life?" Uh, <laughs> and, and no, Des, you don't. I think it's just the way your your voicemail came across that time. For some reason, it sounded like you did. But no, you don't lisp that way in real life. So. Uh, but yeah, Des, thanks for thanks for the uh, the voicemail. Yeah, thank you, Des. Always nice to hear from you. And he did; he got it in in time. It sucks because last week he did send us uh, feedback, but it came in after we had already recorded. Oh, so, boo. We, so we weren't able to use it. Uh, but we do have one more piece of feedback, and that is from my buddy Steve Brown. So let's go ahead and play that now. Hello, Kristen and Ben. This is Steve, and this is for Collision of Lost and. Uh, just want to say, uh, I did laugh. Uh, we have no manifest this week, but we did get a Danny reference in uh, Anna Lucia's boyfriend or husband or uh, whoever at the very beginning. Uh, the psychiatrist says, you know, what about Danny? Or somebody asked her about Danny. I thought that was funny. Um, her best move, you know, was to tie up Saeed and to, to give her the situation time. As much as we hated to see that, as much as I thought that was a bad move. As I rewatched the episode, I realized it, it really was probably the best thing because it gave every time to take that breath and for her and Saeed to talk. Whereas if uh, she didn't, um, you know, he might have just shot her and uh, been done with it. And how big was that plane that 42F was in the front? Um, we have uh, some sympathy, you know, here for Anna. We, we see that she was pregnant when she was shot by this this bad guy. And... Uh, then we see her at the end as well there getting her revenge. Um, the return of the golf course was cool to see that back. And uh, we have a, a Jack's the worst moment when uh, uh, they're talking about golf. And he says, Kate, I'm a doctor. Jeez, guy. Um, then he gets schooled and loved, loved, loved seeing Cudlets. I had totally forgot that he cameoed on the show. So I uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. I well, love Steve. <laughs> well done on the Danny reference. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I didn't even, no, I did not even put that together. 
I think that's awesome that he that he did put that together. <laughs> um, the the 42F com- um, comment wasn't Anna Lucia in 42F? Yes. So, but she was in the tail end. So how is 42F in the front? It wasn't. Was Steven said how big was the plane that 42F was in the front? Oh, then he must have had that mixed up by accident. Yeah, I think, Steve, I think Anna Lucia was in 42F. Yeah, he was in, you know, cheese dick first class, probably. <laughs> cheese dick. <laughs> oh, if we were titling episodes, that would be the title of this episode. <laughs> episode 24, cheese dick. <laughs> it just makes me think of porch dick now. I, yeah, I was going to say not to be confused with, with porch, porch dick. dick. <laughs> oh god thanks steve mm-hmm. for your your voicemail they're always great every time you send them to us this um every week he's wonderful so uh if you want to send us feedback we definitely encourage you to do so and there are multiple ways that you can do that uh first we are on facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited we are on instagram at lost revisited pod you can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com And if you'd like to leave a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address or private messenger or DM on Instagram. DM on IG. IG. (laughs) Um, Last but not least, of course, we encourage you to check out not just this podcast, which you already are, but every other podcast on both the Next Level and Podcastica networks in which uh, you've been very busy on Podcastica this week. I have, yes. There's a lot of my voice <laughs> on Podcastica this week, which can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on, you know, if you like my voice. But uh, yeah, I got to uh, guest host on Walking Dead Cast this week, and House Podcastica actually is coming out with two episodes this week to catch up to our schedule because we missed a week a couple weeks ago. So, and then with this one, that will be four podcasts. <laughs> That's too much of me. Uh, I no, understand that that's way too much of me. <laughs> there's no such thing as too much of you. Maybe, maybe for some people it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think I think we're good. You're all right. Like well, I that's said. kind. I still I still hold it to the fact that more people listen to this podcast for you than they do for me. So no, and I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. They're listening. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. I this has been this is definitely a high point of the week. I have a lot of fun and <sighs> the the hour prep time that we have before we even hit record, that's always fun too. <laughs> uh, but prep time. Is it though? It's not. <laughs> it's not prep at all. It's no, literally I, us I just catching trouble, up for the week. I had trouble focusing the first couple minutes of the podcast because I was still trying to like get the focus. giggles out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The laughing fit that we were the laughing fit that we were in before we we started recording. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, as always, we thank you guys for checking out the podcast every week, uh, checking out all the other podcasts on both podcast networks next week, episode nine of season two, what Kate did. And I think, yeah, this is when we finally find out who exactly it was that she's responsible for killing. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be fun. Good episode. As long as Jack's not, you know. He will be. Yep, every week. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) It's reliable. Yeah, but uh, that is going to wrap it up for uh, this episode of the podcast. I want to make a quick recommendation. 
if you don't sure. mind, before we get before we get out. Not at all. Um, a lot of us that listen to this podcast and work on podcasting and stuff, there are a lot of TV shows that we all kind of find have similar tastes in. Uh, and I just started watching a new one that a lot of people were kind of saying, you have to watch it. You have to watch. You have to watch it. And I just started it. And I'm only three episodes in. And I already agree. Why have I waited so long? Uh, there's a new series on Netflix called The Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah, that that looks good. That I I was hoping it was going to live up to everybody's hype because it was so overhyped. Um, or it was so excessively hyped to me. Uh, and it has totally lived up to the hype. And I'm only three episodes in. Ellen Page is in that, isn't she? Yes, she is. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um a dynamic between these characters but i'm i'm so intrigued and i'm i can't wait to to it's only 10 episodes so i'm i'm kind of pushing to get through it oh cool so if you have netflix i i recommend checking it out so i'm watching new girl i know you are cuz you keep trying to get me to watch it and i'm going yeah. to yeah I'm going new to. girl and true detective those are that's what we're up to these days i heard the finale of true detective season 3 is horrible no come on man i'm just I, saying I what i heard i've seen it well, stop. <laughs> oh, I won't be a bummer anymore. I won't be the angel of death, as some people have keyed me. There you go. See? Well, you are. I can't help it that all my posts in our Facebook group are of shows that get canceled. I can't help it. <laughs> you can't. Just stop posting it. <laughs> but the news needs to Problem be Problem solved. Hey, I posted about Brooklyn Nine-Nine getting renewed. Yeah, that was cool. That was awesome. Yes. See, I'm not the angel of death. Yes. I'm the okay. I'm the partial angel of death. There you go. <laughs> Half death. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost, Revisited. Until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>